Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Test Case Scenario. You're probably wondering why I'm a fox today. Uh, you are a fox. I, You're a fox that... every day, Jason. No comment. <laughs> As you can see, we're all in costume today for our extra spooky Halloween episode. I can I can actually do the whistle. How was that? Good. <laughs> I think we just jumped the shit. We jumped the shark in our 20 whatever episode. <laughs> All right. Should we take off our costumes? Nice. Marcus is upside down. Can't all be perfect. Oh, there's my oh, new costume with my glasses. <laughs> oh no, Marcus is upside down. I'll, I'll figure I it had, out. I had funky glasses on. Continue all right, as though everything's normal. So today, today is our Halloween episode. <laughs> everything's going to be a little funky today, as you can have already imagine. So we figured we would have a little bit of fun today. Hope you will have some fun with us. We we're going to share some of our favorite bugs is that an appropriate way to say the favorite bugs? most horrifying bugs. most horrifying bugs interesting bugs uh yeah most horrifying bugs there you go for halloween so uh let's jump right into it um evelyn putting you on the spot what's what's a horrifying bug that you um, know of awesome so yes the worm story we were talking prior to the podcast about um spooky software bugs and the first one that we came up with uh was good but it was really really like scary like not spooky fun more spooky scary and costed the government like millions of dollars and put research behind so i was like let me look up a list of fun software bugs fun things with with better names that aren't as terrifying and we found this one called the morse worm from 1988 and a student at Cornell University created a worm as part of an experiment, and it got loose at, like a wildfire and crashed computers and cost uh, estimated cost for over $10 million in damage. He was fine, but uh, he's now a professor at MIT. So all's well that ends well. And he found a vulnerability and improved digital security. So I think this one's like spooky, good, spooky, and not spooky, horrifying. That was a that was a good spooky. What about you, Nikolai? So for me, mine has mine is a interesting bug. I don't know. It's it's spooky if you're working at the company when the bug happens. But then there's also a cool lesson at the end of the story that I learned and which shaped my testing philosophy. Um, so I worked for a company where we were responsible for receiving web requests from digital advertisers. We appended more information to those web requests to more easily identify our customers and make the ads better targeted. Um, and we were updating a 404 page, which is a 404 page for everyone that isn't familiar. It's basically just like a, uh, you, went, you went to the wrong page, the page not found, um, oops. And so a developer updated the page and, um, we're like, oh, okay, cool, no problem, right? It's just an update. Let's go ahead and push it up to production. I mean, to test it, I opened the page. It was a 404 page, fine. Not much more necessary. So we started pushing it up to production. 
uh, we had a load balancer. So, so we had three servers where we would deploy on. Um, we deployed it on one of the servers. Things were okay. Started deploying it to the second server. Uh, alarms, alarm bell started ringing um, from the DevOps side. He started getting uh, a little different kinds of alerts. Uh, automated tests started failing. Um, and he was like, hey, guys, I'm getting a bunch of alerts. Should we pause here? We're like, no, no, probably, probably all good. It's probably just false positives or something weird is happening. Don't, don't worry about it. Let's push it up. We push it up to the last server. Um, after a little bit, maybe like a minute or two, um, started getting way more alerts. Um, we noticed our chat application started to slow down. Then the internet started to slow down. Um, a few minutes later, we find out that the whole internet for the whole company is down and we were bought by a parent company. Then we find out that their internet was down and we we're like, what the hell is going on? After doing a little bit more digging, what we find out is that the page that we updated was a few megabytes in size, which is massive in web page size. The pages should be like kilobytes in size. This was megabytes. And so we were receiving like hundreds of thousands of web requests per second to that uh, to our services. And of course, a bunch of them were getting redirected to the 404 page. And so ultimately what we did was slow down the entire internet for the whole data center for our little company and our parent company. And we wow. broke many SLAs, <clears throat> costs millions of dollars to our customers. And the lesson learned from that was um, not trivial changes are not always as trivial as they may seem. And you may want to take a few more than a, a, than a few more minutes to think about the potential impact on your software deployments. That was, that was good. Thank you for telling us that tale. Uh, if you're <laughs> just tuning in, we're sharing our horrifying bug stories on Halloween. I'm going to keep doing that. Is that a scary voice? I do do I don't do it well. Now, right? I'm utterly terrified. Uh, yeah. And then, and then the whistle, right? No, no, the, you want me to do the whistle again? Do Evelyn? the whistle. Yeah. I, okay. I didn't hear it before. Boy, I'm good at that whistle. All right. And now uh, we have another scary story. Uh, a bug story coming from Marcus Merrill. Marcus, it's your turn. I feel um, like we cool. should be so, passing around a flashlight to hold yeah, under yeah. our faces when we do this. <laughs> the The Oklahoma State Sex Offender Registry um, at some point allowed you to you know do queries and you could figure out who your you know who of your neighbors like where 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 are people located near you that kind of thing. And then somebody noticed at some point that. Um, if you look up in the URL after you've done a query, the URL says uh, blah, 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 dot gov flash query equals select distinct name, comma, whatever from table called whatever. Uh, I actually have it up right here. Um, you know, you know, and and this, if, for those of you who have been around databases for all that, this sounds like a, a database query, doesn't it? It sounds like a, a SQL query. In fact, the parameter is actually called SQL string. SQL string equals select distinct o dot offender underscore id comma doc number comma social security number comma date of birth. Um, 
and it gives you the table and uh, it actually gives you a join algorithm and all that kind of stuff. So people figured out that you can actually hack the SQL queries directly leading to what's displayed on the page uh, for anyone in that registry. And you know what they discovered next? What would be scary to discover next? Any Anyone have any guesses? That you can update the registry. You can update the registry. Update record, blah, blah, blah. To take yourself off of the list. You know what you can also do? Insert into. Add. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can add the governor of Oklahoma, which someone did right away. Uh, you can add, <laughs> you know, the president. You can add whoever you want into this uh, into this database. And this was uh, live up and running for a little while before somebody noticed this and shut it down. Uh, and I think that, you know, is it a bug or a feature to say that the laziest web developer in the history of mankind works for your site? And that nobody was on hand with any skills to test the thing. Is that a bug or is it a feature? Did we want to be able to offer this this uh, this feature? I would imagine. Well, I I would imagine not. But that sounds yeah. like a very horrifying story. It's a very horrifying uh, story. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, and and from what I understand, and I, this 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 may be apocryphal, but actually, it actually edited the registry in a way that changed the nature of the data that had been collected to the point where it could no longer be trusted. Wow. So what did they do? I don't know. So that part of the story might be apocryphal, but wow. that, uh, that uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty horrifying to think that you could do something that has con- real consequences for people and, uh, and just, you know, make it so incompetent. I mean, Kind of goes back to the whole healthcare.gov thing. That was a little yeah. bit more sophisticated cause and effect. But mm-hmm. uh, fun fact, uh, the inventor of Selenium, Jason Huggins, was on the team that uh, found the root cause of the healthcare.gov problem. Interesting. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Well, what anyway, year was this, Marcus? Uh, 2008-ish. 2008. Yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they didn't have backups of the database. Yeah. I mean, disaster recovery Which, at that yeah. point was not. Yeah. Can All somebody right. tell a happy story to yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, up again? I'm going to move on to I'm going to move on to one that's a little less uh uh look these are all horrifying bugs because this is Halloween. So I've I've got one. It's a little I'm I'm going to make it a little more uh, of a whimsical story. Bugs still not great, but you know, we'll we'll make this more uh, whimsical. Ready? All right. Uh, and I I'll I'm not going to take credit for this, I did ask ChatGPT to write it in the way I'm about to tell you the mm-hmm. story. I admit to my AI usage. Okay, are we all ready? As AI tells us a, a short okay. story. Picture this. It's 1999 and the world is on edge. People are stockpiling canned goods or like Nikolai, a bo- one single bottle of water under his bed and whispering about digital Armageddon. Why? The Y2K bug. It made computers think it was 1900 when the clock struck midnight on January 1st, 2000. Yep, digital time travel. Programmers used two-digit date codes to save memory space. 99 was for 1999, and 00 was, oh yeah, 1900. Panic. People thought planes would fall, banks would collapse, toasters would cause chaos, and the Y2K bug was the ultimate digital villain. 
But as the clock neared midnight, heroic programmers, Marcus, you you worked on Y2K, right? Yeah. I was I was adjacent to it, yeah, helping with testing. That was his second second time seeing the Y2K bug. <laughs> fair uh, fair all right yeah <laughs> but as the clock neared midnight heroic programmers named marcus merrill worked tirelessly to fix it and when midnight struck nothing happened the world didn't end planes stayed up atms dispensed cash and toasters were oddly well behaved the y2k bug turned out to be more hype than bite it cost billions to fix but the world escaped mostly unscathed and it taught us to code better and plan for the unexpected so the next time you hear about tech doomsday remember the y2k bug sometimes even the scariest bugs are just digital paper tigers not really sure what <laughs> yeah there you go cool so yeah. there was there was my uh but ser in all seriousness, the Y2K bug obviously was a big deal, and we really did panic a bit, and people did have to spend tireless number of hours working on it, uh, and it cost billions of dollars. So in essence, it was a bug, even though it didn't necessarily pan out the way I think people thought it would. Maybe you that was interesting. I, I, I got, I got, I got, uh, I wouldn't say I got hit with the Y2K bug, but I did get a little bit of a, a little, little interesting thing happened around two in the morning. Uh, I had some, I basically decided if the world's going to end, who do I most want to be in the room with so that we're all trapped together. And so we all play poker until two or three in the morning. And I checked online my, my finances using an online tool, which I actually was doing in 2000. And it said I had mm -hmm. over a $7 million net worth. Like my, my, my uh, net worth had go grown a hundred X over uh, overnight and and it's absolutely because of the y2k bug there, there's some sort of compounding interest projection algorithm that they had used that said that i was worth over seven million but they fixed it by six in the morning so because i didn't sleep when i saw that i was like i'm going to go to the bank tomorrow and i'm going to withdraw some money uh because they're going to think i got that before they fix it but they fixed it right away and uh so go. i got hit with that y2k bug i i remember where i was on on uh midnight why for y2k my cousin, my brother, and I were playing Goldeneye. And that's all we were doing all night that night. So there you go. That's awesome. I guess, yeah. Because like you said, it's what you wanted to spend it with, with doing the things you love. So there you go. All right. We're going to say goodbye for this other, another ghoulish episode of Test Case Scenario. I'm not good at the, you know, whatever. Uh, I hope you had as much fun as we did. I doubt it because we had a lot of fun recording this episode. Until next time, stay bug free. Mm -hmm.